You are now listening to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, Episode 28, Everybody Yoga with Jessamine Stanley. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing, all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Welcome, everybody. To the Soul and Wonder Podcast, we are your hosts. Christopher and Sarah. Glad to have you back. Before we dive into this juicy topic of body positivity in the yoga world with Jessamine Stanley, author of Everybody Yoga, we want to update you a little bit on the Soul and Wonder happenings. So we have free sessions that we do offer for our Fulfillment Life Coaching as well as our Eat to Thrive program. And we want to encourage you to jump into those free sessions because, one, you're going to overview wellness goals or life goals. You're also going to overview obstacles that may be standing in your way, but you're also going to leave that call with tangible action steps to help move you toward your health goals or your life goals. So this is a good way for you to kind of get a taste of how we do health advising or fulfillment life coaching. It's also a good time for us to sort of assess that relationship to ensure that we would be a good fit together because it is a partnership. So to dive into these free sessions, don't hesitate. Go to soulandwonder.com forward slash eat dash to thrive or go to forward slash fulfillment dash life dash coaching. Yes. And we are excited to get you to schedule your free session with us. And if you don't want to do any of that, you just go to (laughs) soulandwonder.com, scroll down, go to what we do, click on all of our services, check them out, and you won't be disappointed. Oh yeah, the website that we, now that we've updated it and it's super clear, it's very easy to use, just follow the steps, you won't get lost. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at transform at soulandwonder.com or by clicking the little contact tab at the top of our page. We'd love to hear from you. Great. So Jessamine Stanley, who is she? She is the author of Everybody Yoga, as well as an internationally recognized yoga teacher, award-winning Instagram star, and body positive advocate. She's been profiled by a wide range of media, including Good Morning America, Time, New York, Glamour, Shape, People, Essence, Lenny Letter, and many others. When she's not on the road teaching, she lives in Durham, North Carolina. You can find her on Instagram at my name is Jessamine. That's J-E-S-S-A-M-Y-N. You can also visit her online at jessaminestanley.com. Twitter is at Jess, not jazz, J-E-S-S, not jazz, J-A-Z-Z, and Facebook forward slash my name is Jessamine, just like her Instagram. So this book, guys, is wonderful. It's super informative. It sheds a light on a lot of topics that I think some people are not willing to see in our yoga community. 
And she's just really encouraging for those that might feel like a misfit in the yoga world. And what identifies as a misfit, sometimes maybe minority, oh, maybe overweight, maybe someone who struggles with um, self-esteem, people with anxiety, anyone with disabilities, maybe age, gender, you know, sexual orientation, anybody that feels like the yoga community doesn't directly represent them in the image that it projects into our social media and marketing these are the people she's trying to bring into the yoga world and i really connected with this book she's a wonderful writer as well so it's a captivating read and it's essentially a yoga 101 so you also get to learn about yoga how to start what's the deal you know where can you move forward and what type of yoga is for you so join us with jessamine stanley as we talk about the real heart of the issue of yoga and stay tuned of course for your health tip of the episode at the end and what's that going to be on this is going to be a life coaching health tip we're going to talk about cultivating self-love and positivity i thought the theme fits all right let's do this let's do it Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Super pumped to have Jessamine here with us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, we're super pumped to have you. We know you've been on this book tour. You're probably feeling a plethora of emotions, exhaustion being (laughs) one of them. But thank you so much for taking the time out to get in a discussion about this topic. Well, it's such a funny thing because I think that it's when you're in the heat of anything, it's easy to forget the big picture. And I'm always trying to remind myself that like, isn't it amazing that you get to communicate with so many people that you wouldn't get to talk to otherwise, and that you get to see all of these things that you wouldn't get to otherwise. So like, even in the pit of exhaustion, I'm definitely like, this is really awesome. (laughs) Like we get to talk about something that I actually really care about. So this is cool. That's a beautiful thing. Have you been to many of the cities that you've already traveled to or these new, new cities, new experiences for you? A lot of new cities, new experiences. But I will say this. I've noticed that most cities in general, not just in America, but most cities are exactly the same. Like all people are the same. Everybody wants the same things. Everybody in this life, at least from what I can tell, everyone just wants to be happy and feel heard. That's Mm -hmm. it. And so it's just different variations on that with different kinds of architecture, different kinds of uh, landscape. But other than that, it it's essentially the same regardless of where you go. But it's been amazing to see places that I've really only seen or heard about from photos and books. So in that respect, it's awesome. I'm glad you broke it down like that because it is quite simple when you look at it from that perspective. And obviously it may be a little complex getting there, but to break it down like that is uh, quite simple and I like that a lot. (laughs) I feel like um, it's... Because, I mean, there are some cities that look really different. I mean, New York, for example, is, like, very, very large. Everyone is chaotic. There's a million people everywhere all the time. And then, conversely, like, San Francisco is essentially that, but there's just giant earthquake hills everywhere. (laughs) And then even Atlanta is just like that, except there's awful traffic that everyone is in because, like, not everyone is on public transit. It's just a – it's the same thing, same song – different key, different instruments, but it's a song that I've enjoyed hearing. Absolutely. If if I can say that. 
So to, to begin a little bit, I want to get into your personal story and your journey to becoming an Instagram celebrity. If you want to talk a little <laughs> bit about that, feel, feel free to start and end up wherever you like. Well, you know, I have to say that I never refer to myself as anything. Like, like when I'm announced frequently, people will be like, yeah, an Instagram star. And I'm like, is that the word we would use? Like, I feel very much. I mean, I think that it's only been within the last couple of years that I've really started to acknowledge how many people are paying attention to the things that I do. And that's because I don't try to attract attention and I'm not I there was never a point where I was like yeah let me start to build this in this yoga social media brand like that wasn't a thing basically what happened is that I was um I had started practicing yoga at home because I couldn't afford to practice yoga in studios and when I was practicing at home I wanted to log my progress and just kind of watch things watch my body over time because one of the reasons that people stop practicing yoga at home is because they don't see like you don't have the validation that you typically get from a teacher having someone who's like yeah this is what you should be doing this is what you should not be doing and I got on Instagram back whenever Instagram first came out now Instagram is flooded with like you were saying, Instagram quotes celebrities. Yep. There's lots of brands, lots of ads. There's so much stuff over there. But when I first got on Instagram, it was like only college students. And then even for people who were not in college, in terms of yoga, it was just like really serious yoga practitioners and teachers. And they were all giving one another feedback and creating like an online yoga community, which if you practice yoga at home, it can be a very solitary kind of thing, which is awesome, but it's nice to feel like you're a part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was always just about logging my progress and being a part of this bigger community. And over time, I realized that the response I was getting from people wasn't really like, I wasn't getting that much feedback in terms of alignment or feedback from other yoga practitioners. If anything, to be completely frank, most yoga people were kind of like, what's this fat girl doing? You know what I mean? Like there's definitely like a little bit of shade there, mm -hmm. but the response that I got, the overwhelming response was from people being like, I didn't know fat people could do yoga. And that baffled me because I was like, fat people do all kinds of things, not mm -hmm. just yoga. I'm not even the first fat black person to put pictures of themselves practicing yoga on the internet. So like the fact that there's so many people who think that this practice is only for one specific body type, that means that we have a major visibility problem. And I think that um, sometimes people will be like, yeah, you know, you're getting more people to practice yoga, you're getting more, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, I don't really feel like I'm representative of a minority. I think I'm actually representative of the majority. Because even if it's not necessarily like fat bodied black people who identify as women, there are so many people who feel marginalized within the yoga world, who feel as though they are not being seen. Because the only person that you really see um, in the media practicing are like white, cisgender, heterosexual women, slender, and and with a certain amount of money to be able to practice and buy all of this stuff that they insist is important. So like the person who can afford to get an $150 mat or $80 leggings or whatever it is. And then, and then some, and then now you're seeing more white men practice. But other than that, in America, there's very little, um, very little communication uh, of different kinds of 
body types. And so the only reason that I really kept posting on social media was so that, because if I, if I hadn't realized the visibility issue, I probably would not have continued to post on Instagram because in my opinion, it's not really that interesting of a thing, you know, like it's not, it's just kind of like you, it's not like a, some people get off on the act of posting on Instagram. I've never really felt that way. I've just kind of been like, yeah, this is kind of cool, but Mm -hmm. I could do without it. And a a couple of years ago, I actually um, considered deleting all of my accounts because I came to this place of feeling like, what is the purpose here? You know, is the purpose to get more likes? That can't be it. That can't be the reason that we can communicate with people that are literally on the other side of the planet, people that you would never meet. Like I've interacted with so many people via social media, specifically about yoga, that we would never have even met in a different life. So it's like, there's gotta be a bigger reason for this. And I can't believe, I can't accept that the reason is so that we can like, just get likes and look at comments and stuff like that. Because if that's the goal, I have figured out Instagram. If you put a half naked picture on the internet, people will look (laughs) at it. People will like it. Like it's not rocket science. But I did think that there are very few yoga practitioners who are honest about their lives on social media. There's a lot of um, like, lifestyle projection wherein people will be like oh my god look at how amazing my life is i live on the beach and i practice handstands and i drink coconut water and on the weekends i go to these like sun-drenched yoga classes and if you look at my yoga pictures on instagram then you can be just like me and i just thought that was the biggest crock of shit because like <laughs> in it, honestly anyone who practices yoga regularly the reason that you do that is not because you're obsessed with handstands it's because you use the practice as a way to dig into pieces of yourself and as a way to look at yourself in a more um, authentic and genuine way. And that usually is born out of some kind of loss, some kind of disease, some kind of injury, something, some kind of addiction, something has happened in your life. Like there's a reason that a lot of addicts are yoga practitioners. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I never saw, never heard anyone talking about the real contradictions that come up as a practitioner, like what it really means to live in this world and be of this world, but also be on a spiritual journey. And that is the reason that I've continued to maintain social media platforms is to show people what it looks like to be, you know, a 20 something yoga practitioner who has dealt with things in their life, who is concurrently dealing with things and, um, and who is political, who's confrontational, who, um, who really is trying to figure themselves out. Because in my eyes, if there's a way to spread this practice to more people, that's the way. And that's the reason, because otherwise, why do we, why does anyone care about, spreading yoga to people like I hear there's so many studios who are just like yeah we want to have more people in our studios practicing yoga why do you want for that to happen so that people will pay you money that's why you want for that to happen Mm -hmm. but if you take it a step further what's the reason that people should practice so that they can deal with the stuff that's going on in their lives and I want to make space for people to see that I'm a real person just like anyone else and if you were going to start practicing yoga you can, if you see any piece of yourself in me, then you can start practicing yoga. 
Well, I'm, I'm really happy you addressed all of that. And I, I want to say that I really love how transparent you are. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on is because you let your true colors shine. And I think that's really important, especially in this world. And obviously, there's a lot of other things that a lot of people in different healing modalities aren't really showing through. They're just showing more of the positive aspects of it. But I really uh, I really appreciate you sharing all of that. Well, in fact, we got into this discussion last night, Chris and I, because, you know, we're we're in the holistic world, the health and wellness, the living consciously, the traveling and, you know, living fully. And we were talking last night how important it is to remember to be transparent to our followers that it's not all sunshine and rainbows. And, you know, and we do a lot of Facebook live discussions where we talk about it's what we call True Talk Tuesdays, where we talk about real life topics. And we we use that sort of as an opportunity to kind of dig in and show that even though we're delivering this message to you, it doesn't mean we have it perfect. It doesn't mean we've got mm-hmm. it all down and it doesn't mean it's consistent. But, you know, I feel like there's this desire to show more transparency, show more pain, because you can help so many people through just showing that it's not always easy rather than just showing them the positives. And absolutely, you know, so that great. I, I love that. Well, I remember um, I spoke on a panel like it was like the last year or the year before and it was a bunch of different yoga teachers coming from we were all coming from different points of life and one of the teachers was talking about how you know she puts all of this effort into her instagram photos to make sure that they you know that the lighting is good and that the pose is nicely centered and all of this stuff and she was talking about how she feels like she doesn't really get that much feedback on her photos but she posted a picture of herself like with her daughter, um, like kind of having a messy day. And I don't even know if they were actually practicing yoga in the photo. She was like, I got so many likes on this photo and I just don't get it. You know, this is something that I didn't even try to do this. And in fact, like I didn't have makeup on and all this stuff. And I was like, are you seeing a connection here? Are you seeing the fact that people want to feel, everybody just wants to feel like they see themselves, you know, like they want to feel like they're making a real, and I think that, especially when it comes to social, the only reason that people really engage with certain um, certain accounts and certain brands is because they feel a connection to that person. Mm-hmm. Whether that connection is perceived, whether it's real, it's kind of irrelevant, but like they, they feel that there's a sense of authenticity. And I think that because we are gradually moving toward this world where people are so unengaged with one another, where everything is about this like, you're, everybody is like looking down at their phones or looking at a computer and barely even making eye contact. And I think that when you are looking down at your screen, that you want to feel that connection that truly you should be feeling in regular interactions with people, but you're looking for that on the internet. And I think that that's where the um, the authenticity comes into play because that's what that's what really drives it. But it's hard because everything is so curated, typically. Sure, sure. You know, and the authenticity is what's going to make or break a deal with someone in their own practice. And, you know, I came to yoga uh, as a healing modality after a really intense sexual assault experience. And Mm -hmm. following my own practice, you know, I was the same way, like posting my progress on Instagram, and it helped me Mm -hmm. feel like connected to this community. But then I started to struggle with myself because... 
I was looking for people who were, I wanted to know how do you fall out of a handstand? How do you catch mm. yourself when you break? How, what's this, you know, method? Because all I see are perfect people doing perfect handstands. And here I am <laughs> struggling to even yeah. keep my feet up. And I'm like, man, I just can't do it because everyone else can. And I had to check myself and remind myself that no, everyone who's posting these pictures they're falling too they're just not showing it and so it kind (laughs) of that's kind of what took me out of the instagram community with my yoga practice because not because i disagree with the community but because it just wasn't what i needed at the time and i gave Mm -hmm. myself some space to well explore a holistic business and get that off the ground running and now i understand it with a different perspective but i feel like showing those mistakes showing you know the the difficult times is so important to for someone who, especially who's learning and growing especially if they're dealing with something within themselves that they're trying to heal especially considering how little of the practice is spent in these like perfectly um held moments in time where you're just like it's just like the photo is just one breath you know like it's like mm-hmm. and it's so it's fascinating to me that so little energy is put into trying to express the journey that it takes to get to any kind of um, big asana, especially because, like, I feel like all there there is no advanced yoga pose where you are not having to like take off so much baggage on the way to getting there, mm-hmm. and it's so many things that really can't be conveyed via a photo but because we are so obsessed with images it's like I just want to be able to do that thing Mm -hmm. you know and I totally felt this I remember when I first started um, practicing at home I was like I see all these pictures of inversions I just want to be upside down I don't care what it takes to get there I don't care what I have to do I just I'm gonna go up to the wall and just start kicking up until it happens and I'll figure out the hand placement Uh, forearms, head, hands, whatever. I'm just going to do it. And that is such an egotistical place to rest in, period. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people, I get people constantly commenting on my photos like, yeah, you know, I can only hold, um, I can't hold this pose for very long. Like, what do I need to be doing differently? Or what, um, like, I can't get up, like, I'm trying to be in a headstand, but like, I'm putting all this weight on my head and I can't quite figure through. And I'm always thinking like, Ma'am, I'm so sorry that I gave you the impression that it was just going to happen immediately mm-hmm. or that there was something where that there was going to be some kind of miracle cure for this. Because my only answer for you is that you need to stop obsessing over getting it for this one second moment and just try to work on the basics. Just just if you're worried about getting upside down. You just should back it up to plank pose. Just check it. Go all the way back there. And try on your way there, try to let your ego go at the same time. And that's something that I think is not um, – and this – I mean, it, that, that same idea can be translated into so many different asana situations. But so much about yoga is about the journey. Mm-hmm. It's not about the destination. Destination is irrelevant. The – The path to and beyond is so deep and so vast. And I think that because we live in a society that really only rewards completion and it only rewards like A plus completion too. It's not even just about like 
oh, good job, you learned something along this. It's like, no, you need to be able to do it perfectly. You need to be able to do it the first time perfectly. And if you can't do that, then there's no reason to even try. And that is like the antithesis of yoga. And I think that because um, because of the, the branding, because of um, the need to like have attention or something, all of that just gets lost. And it becomes everything becomes so superficial and it's just about these, I have a lot of problems with, I guess it's <laughs> I have a lot of problems with social media, but I do, I mean, I think there's some overwhelming positives, but there are also some really key negatives that I think that yoga practitioners in particular should pay more attention to. Sure. But I bet. Sure. It's so about- I agree. That's what I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and it's about that yogic path. That's about molding your life into this, you know, person recognizing your true essence. And it's not, you know, the asana is just part of it. And, you know, this is what I really like about your book, Everybody Yoga, that you address so many things within this, but it's also a yoga 101, essentially. And, you know, it's witty, it's conversational, at the same time, it's heartwarming as well, and informational, which is super important. So why did you write your book, Everybody Yoga? Well, so ever since I started posting on Instagram, I have received endless messages from people around the world asking the same question over and over again. Like I get, I got an email about this literally yesterday and it's, I have a whole box on Gmail that is just this question. I get it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything. Everyone's always like, Jessamyn, how did you start practicing yoga? I see that you started. I've always wanted to practice yoga, but I thought that it wasn't for me. Can you give me the information that I need? Can you tell me your story? I just, can you please do this? And every time I get this message, I'm always like, how the fuck do you think I can answer this for you right now? Like, this is so much, I have to give you so much information. I have to tell you about my whole life up until this point. Because if you're asking me, how do you start practicing yoga? You're not just asking like, what match should I get or where should I practice? You're asking like, how did this fat black person determine that they were going to like spit in the face of society and do something that people that you don't typically see fat body people doing. And so that story and that, and then on top of that, so there's, there's that where I'm like, how, I don't have the time or energy to answer all these messages. And then on top of that, it's like, why are you sending me this message whenever you could just as easily type that question into Google? And like, I would always wonder, you know, there are literally thousands of resources about yoga. Why are people asking me specifically about this, about this question? And then whenever I would Google, like, how do I start practicing yoga or yoga for beginners or just like anything like that? The information was so confusing and conflicting. And like, even as a person who knows about yoga, who understands, um, like, to some degree with the practices, I would get confused. I'd be like, so are people supposed to think like, is this a religion? Are you supposed to have special clothes? Is it only for white people? Is it like, what are are we supposed to, what is it really? And I was like some, and then on top of that, there are very few stories, period, honest accounts of why people started practicing yoga, talking about like, with warts in all their lives. But even more than that, there are virtually no accounts of black practitioners, black 21st century practitioners who listen to hip hop, who have talked openly about their problems with alcohol, who have had issues with weight, 
who have dealt with loss. There are no stories like that. And I was like, somebody just needs to write an honest account in layman's terms, how to start practicing yoga today, and then also speak honestly about why they start practicing yoga. And I guess it's got to be me, and the only way that I could really conceivably do it is by writing a book, so I guess I'll write a book. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, it was like very much a response. Well, you know, and it's great because all of that information is consolidated in one place, and it's a great resource to be able to just hand to anyone who has that same question and I've already noticed a few yoga studios around here that I want to just kind of leave a copy on their table (laughs) in their waiting room because I became more aware of the topics that you brought up to discussion and it's I just think it's a wonderful message that everybody should read thank you that's like Way too generous. <laughs> so can you tell our listeners a little bit of how yoga can help us deal with some everyday stressors that we're dealing with? Can you can you go into that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of everyday stress comes from an, un, an inability to accept the present moment. It comes from an obsession over the future, obsessing over the past. And this coming from someone who I'm prone to anxiety, and so I understand how you can just get into, you should get worked up in a tizzy by all the different responsibilities, the different roles that we play, and all of those things where you're, you're thinking about work, you're thinking about children, you're thinking about your partner, you're thinking about colleagues, you're thinking about money. You're not thinking about your most true self. You're not trying, you're not focused on breathing. None of these things are the priority. The priority is, you know, these roles that we play. And the whole purpose of yoga, ultimately, like we get hung up on the poses. It becomes all about like making your body, turning your body into certain shapes. And then once you've done that, showing off how you can do that, that is so very little of this practice. Like so little of it has to do with the poses. The poses are really just a vehicle to be able to understand your breath better because so much of our lives are about breathing. But breathing is the thing that people tend to think is like the most, the least important. Like, I I mean, there's so many yoga classes where it's like breathing is just kind of an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're like, yeah, we're going to do all of this motion, you know, but like the breath is really what is going to direct your motion. The breath is going to tell you where you need to be. And I think that whenever you focus on breathing, whether that's in a, in a, um, I mean, any, any way that you stand or sit is going to be some kind of asana but if you um even if you're not practicing like a specific yoga pose even if you're just sitting quietly and breathing that is yoga in and of itself and so that if everybody could assume that pose every day and focus on that Breathe, inhaling deeply, exhaling deeply, that is the best way to just come in, into connection with that which is true. That which transcends like obsession with work and money and relationships and all of these things that cause stress. It can pull you into the present moment so that you can start to see that you can survive the storm. You can step beyond. You can see further that there are still there's still opportunity there's still potential even when it seems like there's not even when it, you were standing in the middle of a shitstorm and everything is flying around 
that you can still see that there is a a subtle grace to this universe and and a powerful light within yourself and that in order for this in order for that light to really be as bright as it is there has to be darkness mm -hmm. there has to be bad in order for there to be good and you can start to understand that and see that because I think that um, especially when you start talking about yoga people think it's going to be some kind of magic solve to all so that you always feel great like I practice yoga and so now my life is just so magical you know <laughs> and that's not how it is it's like you practice and it's different every single time and sometimes your practice will drag up emotions that you're not trying to think about and all of that is necessary all of that internal work is so key because that's how we become okay with who we are so that we can be okay in the present moment. I'm so glad you mentioned that. That's, that's absolutely perfect. And we do a lot of breath work um, on our own. And we also preach that to other people, that even people that aren't involved in the yoga community, that it's just so important to center yourself through the breath. And just there's so many different breath absolutely. exercises, but even just a deep inhale through the belly and out, you know, that do that multiple times consciously throughout the day and you'll feel 10 times better. We're particularly it's, attracted to uh, Kundalini yoga because oh, of yes. the intense breathing and chanting and it really put it, it bring like you said, it brings up some things you do not want to face, but you know what? That's what you need to sit with at that time. That breath of fire. Exactly. <laughs> some good stuff. Exactly. Kundalini is not a joke too. And it is no. such a beautiful practice, but it is so, that's such a great example of a practice where people think like, Oh, look at everybody wearing white and it's called Kundalini. Talking about chakras. Oh, it's so nice. Blah, blah. And then you get in it and it's like 20 Navasana holds in a row and you're like, wait, what am I doing? What is happening right now? Like, I am there. I am burning. And it's like, yes, you are. But I feel like that idea of, um, you know, just getting the deep belly breath and, and getting that repetitively within yourself and really focusing on that, that's something that's so hard to explain to people who are caught in, a, in the pit of anxiety. Because, like, I mean, again, as a person who has anxiety, whenever people tell you, like, yeah, like when you're in the heat of it and someone's like, yeah, just breathe, just breathe. And you're like, man, fuck you, just breathe. You just breathe. <laughs> like, you, you, are you going to tell me to just breathe, just breathe? And then it's like literally that same concept. Like that's all it is always. It's just like, just breathe. Just well, are you breathing? <laughs> well, let me tell you, definitely we've had multiple times where we've been practicing and a lot of shit has come up and especially the other night, a couple nights ago, Sarah and I did a really intense kundalini practice that we haven't actually um, done before by this wonderful woman and we were exploring our past our childhood and like man it was taking us down the rabbit hole it was like <laughs> it was like judgment it was like judgment day i saw images of every shameful thing i've ever done in my entire life every person i've ever hurt every but then it brought it full circle where it showed me like hey you were hurting and you were hurting because the person who hurt you was hurting and you see how exactly. that cycle goes and it was just like Oof. this huge 
release. I mean, physical detoxification along with emotional, spiritual. I was like, <laughs> okay, this is yoga, you know, and this is how it's been for years now that we've been practicing. But even practicing kundalini for three years or two years, however long it's been, it's still you never know what you're going to get nope. when you show up on that mat. And that's what I love about yoga in general. Absolutely. I mean, that really, that's it. Like, I am. Um... The story that I always tell is actually it's the last story that I tell in the book. But when I was in my YTT and I had this experience where I started crying uncontrollably because I found myself verbally saying, I think I don't deserve to exist. And it was something that would never have come up without that tapas, that fire burning inside of me. And it was the sort of thing that like when I said it, it felt like I had never thought anything else in my life. Like it had always been sitting at the back of my mind, at the tip of my tongue. But because I spent so much of my life misdiagnosing and blaming things on other things, like I want to blame it on my parents. I want to blame it on my partner. I want to blame it on, you know, all of this stuff. But it's like, and I want to use other methods to deal with it. You know, I want to use shopping. I want to use alcohol. I want to use food. But what does it mean to just, accept this thing to sit with it and accept it and to not run away from it to just look it square in the eye and say okay i see you mm -hmm. and i can make space for you mm -hmm. and what what does that mean and that that experience is really scary it's dark and it's it's like i think that um I think a lot of us are afraid to have that kind of dialogue with ourselves and present personally my i mean present company included but I do think that that's really why the practice becomes so intoxicating. Because even if that one time was the only time that had ever happened, I would still be running back to the mat to just in the hopes that maybe one day something like that could come up again. Because sure. like that's real, you know. That's not that's not being misdiagnosed. That's not um, trying to create a facsimile of what life is supposed to be. That is real. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, we spend a lot of time looking for that kind of authenticity and genuine energy. And we look for it in the wrong places. We look for it in the outside world, but really it's within us. Absolutely. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. So what would be your words of wisdom to someone holding back from anything in life? not even just yoga, but anything in life because of self-judgment and insecurity. Try to speak to yourself the way that you would always want to speak to your most loved person. Mm. Always try to think of yourself as someone who is worthy and deserving of love and happiness and encouragement. And that when you see yourself that way, that you, when you see yourself as that person who, because I mean, the, the language that some of us use to talk to ourselves is language that we would never use toward a stranger and certainly not toward someone that we loved. And if you can treat the person, the, if you can treat yourself with love, then that's how you can start to reflect love into this world. And that that love is coming from a, a genuine desire to do and to live and to experience and not to hold back and restrain and close off. So my, I guess my main advice would be to shower yourself with encouragement and love so that you can step outside of the boxes that you've made for yourself. Great. Everything starts from, from within.
Absolutely. Everything starts from within. Well, it was such a such a pleasure talking to you, and you're such a beautiful soul. I'm so happy that we're able to bring you, bring you on. Man, you guys are beautiful, and I hope that whenever I'm in Charlotte that we get to see each other. Absolutely. We, would, we would love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I, oh, I'll ask when it's over. Anyway, it was great being here. <laughs> it was wonderful to have you on the show, Jessamyn. Really quickly, if our listeners are interested in um, catching up with you, where can they find you? Yes, you can find my um, my live and online teaching schedules. You can find my book tour schedule. You can get information about my book, Everybody Yoga. Everything is on, and all of my social media platforms, everything is on jessaminstanley.com. Great. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, once again, we really appreciate your words of wisdom and your transparency, sharing your story with us, and... Thank you once again. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a pleasure. What an uplifting discussion. And I think that there were a lot of topics brought to the table that a lot of people maybe don't talk about. So I'm really excited to share this with everyone, huh? Well, and as I mentioned in the episode, I just love how she shows her true colors and lets it shine to the world. And I think that's super important, especially in the day and age where, again, as we talked about, everything is about you know, our positive and upbeat lives when we don't show those maybe those dark sides that we're dealing with. And that's something that we want to we want to provide as well and and show you guys that, again, we are dealing with our own stuff as well and that we should be transparent in that manner. Mm -hmm. We're going to work every single day to make sure that we can provide that within our own business as well. So for sure. So um, our health tip of the episode is very related to this topic. You know, her words of wisdom for those struggling with, you know, self-consciousness or insecurities was to cultivate that self-love and encouragement and just get yourself out there, right? And so that's such a beautiful message. What about, though, the people who are having difficulty cultivating that self-love to begin with? How can we get to that point where we can cultivate harness and use that energy so I'm going to share a little bit a little tip with you that helps for me it might not help for everyone but I know that it works on myself days when you're just feeling blah you're feeling self-conscious you're feeling anxious you're feeling insecure and you know that you need to operate in this world of positivity and light because life has to move forward and you want to move forward I'm not talking about running away from the pain Hopefully you've had already done that at this point. But for when life needs to move on, this is what I like to do for myself. I actually go through a meditation with myself, a visualization meditation, which I'm not going to run through the whole meditation in this episode because we don't have the time for that. But you can be the master of your own meditation. You can allow it to last 5 minutes to 15 to 30 if you'd like. But what I like to do is after I find a quiet place to be with myself and just focus on the breath, deep inhales, deep exhales, connecting with my body, connecting with the sensations, I also like to start to visualize this giant pink or green whichever color you identify with the most for joy and happiness I I envision pink this light above my head almost like this divine source of ball of energy of love and I slowly start to let it 
enter my body through the top of my head or the crown chakra, as you might say. And I allow it to sit there for a moment, just really feeling that warmth, feeling that sensation. And then I allow it to go downwards through the and through the third eye chakra, downwards through the throat. And this is a slow process. You want to feel that glow. You want to feel that warmth, almost like a gift from God, that just powerful, unconditional love. And in this meditation, what you're actually recognizing is that it's nothing separate from yourself. You essentially are that divine love. You are that God. You are that divination, that unconditional love and compassion. But what I like to do is then bring that ball of energy to my heart chakra. And this is where the magic happens. This is where you really feel it. This is where you check into your body, your mind. How are you feeling that day? Are you feeling insecure? Are you feeling feeling lonely? Are you feeling downbeaten and just right out sad and just like you, you're not confident enough to get through that day? And sit with those feelings for a little while. Allow them to exist because as we've mentioned in this episode, the darkness exists and the light exists. So it has to come together. One does not exist without the other. So at this moment, you just sort of accept that it is what it is, but that there is this divine source of unlimited love that exists within you. And what I want you to do is practice expanding that. Practice expanding that glow, that pink or green orb within every cell of your body. And I want you to feel gratitude and feel thanks for every organ, every cell in your organs working together to create this miraculous human experience. And just feel connected, right? You're going to feel this through all of your cells, this vibration, the sensation of warmth, love, and positivity. Forgive yourself in that moment. Forgive yourself for being hard on yourself for maybe making mistakes that led you to where you are today understand that everything has its place in time and what I usually like to recommend is to sit in that feeling with that green or pink orb expanded to every corner every shadow of your being and just relish in it for a good five to ten minutes just really feel that love right and then understanding where that's coming from that it's nothing outside of yourself it's actually from within and of course you can end the meditation any which way you please I personally feel like expanding it as far as you possibly can outside of your body even is really great for connecting us to the world around us, recognizing that it doesn't just stop with our bodies and that we do have a positive or negative impact on everything that we come to meet in our day. And just cultivating that energy to remind us that this self-love needs to be extended to others around us. And you can kind of shrink that ball back down to a tiny pinhole size if you'd like. And whether you bring it down to your lower chakras, that's up to you. Or if you bring it right back up out through your head, that's up to you as well. You can also simply just take a few deep breaths, become conscious to your surroundings, open your eyes, and then you're reconnected. So that might sound like a lot of work. But really, honestly, five to ten minutes when you're feeling low and you need to cultivate that self-love, that thanksgiving, that positivity, it's a really good exercise to remind you how connected you really are. So I hope that you enjoy that little life hack on cultivating self-love and compassion, and I hope that it works for you. If it does, 
Send us a message. Let us know how you feel. We love to hear your success stories. Maybe share our podcast episode with people that you believe might really need to hear this message. And we'll be very appreciative. Yes, thank you for that. And we do have some wonderful podcasts coming up here. We do have Will Tuttle, Dr. Will Tuttle's wife, Madeline Tuttle. She will be next week's episode. And then following that, we actually have a military veteran, uh, Michael Anthony, who has written a few books talks talking about PTSD and his road and journey through plant-based living and all of that. So a lot of good stuff. And at the end of June, we actually have J.P. Spears. So I'm not sure if any all of you know who he is, but he is his videos are all over Facebook and YouTube, and he's another wonderful person that we're really excited to have on. So. Uh, We look forward to talking to you next time. Take care.